Only. Carry On Only. Dedicated to inspiring your next global adventure. With award-winning photographer, creative director, and travel expert, Jill Pater. Jill has worked in over 100 countries, has published 21 books on architecture, design, travel, and gastronomy. Now, here's Jill and her co-host, Lisa Polachek. Today, Jill is going to take us to Cambodia. Hello, Jill. Hello. Shall we go to Cambodia? We shall. All right. Tell me how Cambodia ended up on your destination list. Well, I'm a lover of Southeast Asia, and I hadn't, I hadn't at the point of booking this travel, I hadn't yet been. And it's, it's one of those places that's had such an interesting um, history and has kind of been through a lot as a country. It was first in 1995 that, you know, visitors and tourists were kind of starting to go there again. And it's, it's, so it's a place that's been building up over the last couple of decades. And I've, I've heard amazing things about it. Everyone I know that's been to Cambodia has loved it. And so I was very excited to see it for myself. When people told you that they had been to Cambodia, what kinds of things were they telling you about? Well, it's interesting. Cambodia has a certain je ne sais quoi about it. Like it's, it's kind of the spirit and energy of the place, the, the perseverance of the people who um, have lived through some very difficult times. Um, it, b- people are wonderfully friendly. Um, obviously, the Angkor history is what brings a lot of people there to see the temples in Siem Reap. Um, but really, there's a lot more than meets the eye. You know, amazing cuisine, amazing people, culture, food, history. It's a very friendly and relatively easy place to travel around and, and a place that you can do so on a, a lower budget. Okay. As far as your publishing projects and the kinds of things you like to photograph, did you have some project? in mind when you chose Cambodia? I did. I, I always have projects in mind. And at the time, I was working on a book called Asian Design. So a lot of the imagery um, that I shot is in that book. And then a new book that's coming out actually this August called Modern Refuge uh, features a lot of the images from Cambodia, mainly from wellness resorts and eco-friendly resorts that I photograph there. Mm-hmm. And when you're photographing some of these destinations, um, are you traveling with a guide? Are you finding things by yourself? Are you landing there and just asking people to get out of the way? <laughs> it's, it's more the, the first two. So I usually kind of have a shot list or some ideas in mind, mm-hmm. but it really isn't until I hit the ground where you start to kind of meet people and ask around and really get to know places. I love to kind of do, I'll spend a couple of days scouting and just seeing what's out there and meeting people and you know, kind of seeing what, what they know and what places they recommend. And then just kind of moving around from that, taking, you know, the little breadcrumbs each at a time. And, you know, one thing leads to another. Mm-hmm. What kinds of surprises did you encounter that, you know, things, things were different on the ground than you thought they would be when you were in cyberspace uh, doing your research? I think every place, you know, we, we all have, uh, you know, certain visions of place through images that we see. And so, what doesn't always come through, like when we look at travel guides or see travel shows, is really like the energy and the spirit of a place. So with Cambodia, it, it was just that. It was this kind of spirit, you know, again, of perseverance, um, of friendliness, of welcoming, of a country that has, has been through a lot and has a commitment to its future. Very good. When you weren't explicitly visiting a place to shoot, mm-hmm. what kinds of things were you doing day by day? I love just exploring the streets. So I love like walking around cities and exploring the streets and checking out all the, you know, the food options and 
Um, so always a lot of eating museums. Mm -hmm. um, the temples in when I was in San Reap, obviously visiting the Angkor Archaeological Park, which you could literally spend you know m months exploring if you wanted to. Mm -hmm. um, so that was that was very you know that was an amazing experience and, and seeing you know the temples at Angkor Wat being probably the most famous that people know of over time is is fascinating to see. And then all the other temples and the architecture, the ancient architecture. And then just kind of exploring, I spent some time out in the country. I did a, a wellness retreat for a day at a, at a yoga place, museums, kind of exploring the life in the Cambodian countryside. I know you, you always travel to places with great cuisine. What's Cambodian cuisine like? It's very similar to other, you know, it's not what you imagine when you think of Southeast Asian cuisine. Um, noodle dishes, um, rice dish, rice-based dishes, mm -hmm. kind of similar things. They have their own flair and take on things, for, for sure. And Phnom Penh, the capital, has become very trendy for restaurants and bars. So they've started fusing the cuisine a little bit more and, and kind of playing, you know, with what you can, you know, the variety of different ways that you can kind of mix it up for tourists. Mm -hmm. And what kinds of tourists, what kinds of people are, are choosing Cambodia as a destination? Well, I think nowadays more and more, I would say five or 10 years ago, that wasn't the case. It was more kind of humanitarian based travel or adventure travelers. Now you have a pretty wide mix of people visiting. And so a lot of uh, adventure enthusiasts, architecture enthusiasts, people that want to see the temples, history enthusiasts, um, along with people who are just backpacking through Southeast Asia. Mm -hmm. You know, Cambodia is a, a great stop. You have Phnom Penh, the capital, and then Siem Reap are probably the two most visited destinations in the country. Um, and then there's lots of other places within the countryside to visit as well. Is it a place for active, fit people? Or could you go to just really relax? You could go to really relax. It is a busier, um, you know, the cities are a bit busier and a little bit more touristy. So it probably wouldn't be my first stop. We've, we feature a lot of wellness destinations on this show. But particularly Phnom Penh and Siem Reap, they're not my first two stops for a place to kind of like park it and relax. Mm -hmm. But there are those opportunities within, certainly within the country and within both of those places. Mm -hmm. So um, people were, t were telling you about their experiences in Cambodia and then Cambodia got on your list. Yes. Um, now that you've been there, what are the maybe top three things that you would tell other people about your trip to Cambodia? I think, the, well, the first, I think the biggest draw is probably the Angkor Archaeological Park, which is why most people, you know, at least initially go to Cambodia. Probably a close second, if not first, are just Cambodian people and Cambodian lifestyle and culture. Um, and I think it's, you know, it's anytime you have the opportunity to visit a place that's somewhat emerging. I mean, now it's been a couple decades in the making since, again, since tourists have been heavily going there. Um, it's just... It's a unique opportunity to experience a country that hasn't always been open mm -hmm. and a great stop within Southeast Asia if you're going to other places in the region, which often people are. It's very easy to move around the region. There are lots of flights daily, cheap flights. Um, you know, within a couple hours, you can be in Thailand or Laos. So mm -hmm. it's, 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 a, it's a very easy destination to visit. And, the, and then once you've, once you've landed there, your plane has landed, how are you getting from place to place on land? Um, taxis, rickshaws, um, bikes, if you like biking, that's mm -hmm. an option as well. A lot of people will bike around the temples depending on the time of year and the, in the heat mm -hmm. level. And are you looking at huge crowds? It, it depends, you know, both 
places are pretty populated with tourists. Um, I would say if, you know, Chinese New Year, for example, is a very popular time for people in the region to visit Cambodia. So that, you know, I think the temples are always going to draw the crowds. Phnom Penh, it's, there's a little bit more flow of going on, but always, always people and always a buzz in both places. Wow. Okay. And uh, what's a good length of time to carve out for Cambodia? I would say a minimum of seven days, especially if you're, if you're doing Phnom Penh and Siem Reap. Okay. The temples are um, much more extensive than, <laughs> say, a guidebook would probably have you believe. Okay. And once you start going, you, you know, you always want to see more and more. Uh, so I would just allow for enough time for that if that's, if that's your, the primary reason for your visit. Okay. And how do you map out your budget for a trip like this? So I usually look at flights first. So I check out flight costs. And then also kind of see, whenever I look at a flight to one country, I just kind of try to look at the neighborhood as well of neighboring countries because it might be a while before I'm back in that area. So in this particular trip, I did um, Cambodia, Laos, Northern Thailand, and Myanmar. So Cambodia was my first stop. And I found that it was actually very reasonable to kind of continue on and add the other, the other three countries. So I looked at that first. And then the great thing about Cambodia, it is very budget-friendly in terms of accommodations, so you can stay very reasonably at a, at a very nice place. Of course, you can take it up as far as you want to go on the yeah. high end of the price range. Okay. Um, but it is very affordable, which is why um, one of the reasons why Southeast Asia gets so many travelers, because it's, it's affordable, it's friendly on all budgets, and it, it appeals to so many different types of people. Very good. Are you, I know you're not much of a shopper, but uh, are you finding yourself in any retail realms in Cambodia? There's always, you know, always markets and, you know, handicraft goods and things like that. Again, I'm not a huge shopper. I always look at jewelry, though. <laughs> that is one mm. thing that you can take relatively easily. And I like taking, usually, um, you know, we'll buy snacks and, you know, specific things that you can only get in that country, kind of foodstuffs that... Are, are unique, at least for the ride home, even if they're not, they don't make it sure. past your flight home. Right. But yeah, right. you definitely have that available to you in Cambodia. Okay, wonderful. So listeners of this podcast are very well aware that you uh, are a master packer and you tend to travel carry-on only. Uh, what kinds of things are in your carry-on when you are heading to the destination of Cambodia? In Cambodia, um, it's pretty casual. Again, the temples during the day, if you're visiting the temples, are it, it can be quite hot touring around, so you want a change of clothes, casual clothes, great walking shoes, um, a little bit dressier at night, but not, not too much. It's pretty you know, casual attire. I think will get you around well most of the country. Mm -hmm. And then just changes of clothes. You can also have clothes laundered there very easily. Uh, most hotels offer laundry services. Oh, so you could really pack light. Exactly. So something to keep in mind. So I always pack you know, a, a couple different layers of clothing and a plan for a change of clothes. But I always take advantage of hotel laundering whenever you can. It's very cheap. And, and some hotels actually include it in, in the service fees. Wonderful. Okay, well, thank you for everything you've told us about Cambodia today. Definite food for thought. And um, thank you, everyone, for listening. It, this is all we have time for today, but please do join us again next month for another episode of Carry On Only with Jill Pater. Only. Thanks for listening to Carry On Only, dedicated to inspiring your next global adventure. 
Listen to Jill take you around the world in style live every week right here or 24-7 on demand at StarWorldWideNetworks.com. Please remember to like, subscribe, and share. For immediate access to Jill's destination guides, blog, and show notes, please visit JillPater.com and follow her on Instagram at JillPater.com.